You are listening to Go Full Crypto. I'm your host, Rogopshi Palway. This podcast is your best resource for crypto stories in the form of discussions and interviews. We uncomplexify tech jargon and we like to keep it simple. My co-host, Keegan Francis and I, we're here to empower you with the knowledge you need to confidently navigate your way into the world of crypto. Join us as we embark on the journey of driving the adoption of cryptocurrency. Join us in going full crypto. The thoughts and opinions expressed by Keegan Francis, Murgakshi Palway, and the guests interviewed on the Go Full Crypto podcast are solely their own. At no point in time should the topics of discussion be construed or taken as investment advice. Keegan Francis, Murgakshi Palway, and their guests on this podcast will not be held accountable for any losses. The content discussed on the Go Full Crypto podcast are intended to be for informational purposes only. Welcome to episode 12 of the GoFull Crypto Podcast. This is the first in our series of simple questions smart people ask. This particular interview was with Nobert Dems. He works out of Venn Innovation in Moncton, New Brunswick. But his career is fantastic because he originally is from Germany and he sold his company there. Um, this conversation is about people who have who have an expertise in a particular industry but are just getting into crypto and they have very simple questions. I had a really great time chatting with him and hope you enjoy this interview. I know that the conversation will be really, really great to listen to. Okay, let's begin. Hello Norbert. How are you doing today? Good. To all of our listeners, this is a series on simple questions smart people ask, and our guest today is Norbert Dems, and I'm going to let him introduce himself to us all. So why don't you begin with this introduction on yourself? Okay, my name is Norbert Dems. Uh, I'm originally from Germany and moved to Canada in 2018. I had several startups in Germany and in Canada, and now I exit Simon, being an entrepreneur in residence for Venn Innovation in Moncton. Fantastic. And why don't you tell us more about your background? Because you said you've had several startups. Yes, I'm actually mainly have been in technology. So by training, I'm a physics engineer. And then I ended up having a software corporation building CRM and BRM systems, business relationship management system, also including uh, payment systems for a big corporation to automate payment systems. So my main focus is privacy and security for everything related with data. That's fantastic. That's very apparent because earlier we were having a conversation on privacy laws and you knew everything about it. So your interest in crypto, when did that begin? So interest in crypto started actually late in 2018 when I moved completely to Canada and were looking that my main interest and all the money get paid now in Canada needed to be moved over from Europe all the time to Canada and I'm losing a lot of money on the exchange. Uh, one thing the fees I have to pay on the other one the exchange rate. So fees and exchange rate they were getting to you. <laughs> yes it add up to a lot of money. <laughs> Yeah. And how did you land up on um, looking at crypto as an alternative? It came when I was working with startups. And of course, here in New Brunswick, we have a lot of startups working in the cryptocurrency field. And that I got more into it and was actually learning about it and looking into it. I must say, before that, 
It is too complicated. So the time wasn't always there to really look at it. As a business person, you try to optimize your time. So you just pay the fees because you're used to it and you didn't have the time to really look into it. There was no really help to help me set up how I could save those monies and those fees. So you had a little bit of time and you decided that since you moved here from Germany, the amount of fees that you paid just increased. Yes, because right now everything is moved to Canada. So it means every payment I'm receiving comes from Europe, get paid in automatically transferred in Canadian dollars. So whatever exchange on this day is, when the bank transfers the money, yeah. but you don't know. So it depends when someone is paying you. And then on this day, the exchange rate hits you, so, and it can fluctuate between three and five days. Yeah. So money arrives, you're losing a lot of money. That's fantastic because a lot of people that we talk about have heard about crypto or get into crypto because of the 2017 crypto bubble. But your story is from the perspective of looking for an alternative to saving on fees, as well as the amount of time it takes for you to get your money. Yeah. Is that correct? Awesome. So um, usually from the people that we talk to, they've heard of Bitcoin. But when we were talking earlier, you mentioned some other cryptocurrencies. Why don't you tell us about that? Yeah, so if I was looking into bit, uh, cryptocurrency, Bitcoin from a business perspective wasn't an alternative because it's fluctuating too much on a daily rate or even hourly rate. So I, if I would transfer money... I'd probably be more safe using the current systems uh, because then I can't calculate my risk and know what I'm receiving. But say a different cryptocurrency I found now, like Stellar, XRP, or Tether, or some stable coins, what could be interesting for my business to actually see how I can get move the money from Europe to Canada and then start paying bills here. Yeah, and you also said earlier that you have a background in security and privacy. Yes. So when you first came across cryptocurrency, what was your impression of the technology it was built on? So the blockchain technology itself, which is actually where cryptocurrency is built on, the ledger technology, that's the safe part. So for me, a lot of use cases coming from a different perspective are actually in smart contracts, in making data actually really vision safe. So at one time, if I store this information, it can't be changed. With privacy and with security, if you have the main access to a computer, you can change everything, even a PDF and all those storage. So blockchain itself would actually allow me to save data securely and revision safe by default, because I would need too many, too much effort to actually change it and everything else would change too. So for some data, it may make sense to store them and it's revision safe by default. Now that is the interesting part coming from my security background and even on CRM, contract management. So there's a lot of, I see a lot of use cases in this one. And then I moved on to cryptocurrency to see what else is and blockchain. So coming to cryptocurrency from you know your background, you didn't have any issues trusting the technology? No, I don't have any issues trusting the blockchain technology. Of course, looking into the ecosystem of cryptocurrency right now, we all know there's a lot of things going on too. There's also uh, currencies coming up and they try to make quick money, easy money. So you have to be really, really 
knowing what you're doing because there are a lot of fake cryptocurrency also up there where someone yep. creates someone and they're like hey i pay you and then it's worth by nothing but there are also a lot of uh, cryptocurrency on the market who are long on the market who try to get regulated who accept regulations and actually be really stable right so um i had a question and it slipped my mind hang on give me two seconds it was such a good question um, what was I thinking of? Oh gosh, it'll come back to me. Um, I just realized that I'm asking you so many questions and uh, before we start getting to the point where you ask me questions on crypto, um, I had the one question, the golden question that I forgot. Okay, so we're we come back to it. So what are your questions on crypto now? Uh, my main question would be actually how Right now, if I'm even started to look into cryptocurrency and invest a little bit uh, in different types, like someone said, like, hey, you should invest in Ripple or in Stella or whatever. Bitcoin for me right now would be really like looking and buying gold yeah. and it's a long term investment. But if I want to make it for my company to work actually with the money, I have to look more into stablecoin or different cryptocurrency which I can use on a daily basis to pay my bills. So my main question is what would be a good one and then how do I get rid of having so many wallets for each cryptocurrency I'm using I have to have a different wallet. I know I have somehow to do the same with a bank account but on a bank account I have an app which puts all my bank accounts into one app. Yeah. So I would need something similar in the cryptocurrency space. Those are very interesting questions. So the first one was that how do you um, get your money into crypto, right? Like what is this application? Yeah. And um, so this is one of the use cases that we were alluding to earlier in our conversation. And depending on where you are in the world, getting into crypto is not hard. There is a lot of exchanges that are now available to users worldwide where you can either deposit your money in crypto and then it's on the exchange um, or depending on who's paying you, if you can just get them to pay you in crypto, um, that's super simple as well. And where you're thinking of this in terms of getting paid in crypto with your company in Germany? Yes, ideally I could mine people who pay me to pay me directly right. in any cryptocurrency we agree on or in a stable coin. Right. Uh, if this doesn't work, yes, they have to pay me in a bank account or to any exchange, which is kind of a bank account. Yeah. And from there I could move it. But now the question is how safe it is to have some money on this account. Right. And that's where the trust issue comes because with a normal bank, Somehow, yes, I can go to an advisor and ask them or say regulations who saves me up to 100,000 euros if something happens and all those issues. So that's the trust point on the payment itself. That's a really good concern. And it's um, so appropriate because you understand that you're getting money sent to an exchange, not to your wallet directly. There is a very significant difference between that. Um, so with respect to the exchange, there are certain exchanges all around the world who are insured. 
by other companies. What that means is very similar to the situation that you have with the bank. If the bank gets robbed or something happens to the bank, the bank has the responsibility to pay you back uh, because they take on the risk of getting hacked. And in the same way, since there are exchanges that essentially act as a crypto bank, there are some bigger ones who have taken the precaution to have insurance for every single user's money that is stored on the exchange. So the trust factor would then be if you to ease uh, the concern that you have, it would be to make sure whatever exchange you do end up choosing, they have that stamp of approval, that trust certificate where they say, well, all of the money that we have or 90% of it is in safe storage, cold storage, or we have this up to a million dollars or whatever amount of insurance so that if anything was to happen, your funds are safe, you will get your money. So that would be something that I would look for when I'm looking for a trusted exchange. I know in Europe, uh, I think the regulations right now that you have to have 80% in cold storage. Yeah. So it means 20% are still. <laughs> But they have to guarantee at least a certain amount of your money secure, like a normal bank says, like 100,000. If I have 150,000, I could lose 50,000. I know this, yeah. So that would be... Where do I find the correct exchange? How, so finding an if you type crypto exchange on, on yeah that's the list is too big <laughs> yeah exactly the list is too 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 big and the best way i guess is to go through a source that you trust so that source could be us if, if you trust yeah. us if you see what we're doing and if something was to happen then you know that we would not want you to be in trouble if we recommended something to you so yeah. on the internet there are various i guess people that review exchanges But if you, you know, wanted to go out on your own and find, oh, where, how do I know that this exchange has insurance or it has that trust certificate? If an exchange has it, they will be sure to make it very obvious. Yeah. Because like very rightly, like you had that concern. There are so many users that also have the concern and um, you, it will be very obvious when you go on the exchange. You really don't have to look too much. Usually it's at the very bottom in the footer where they say uh, insured by whatever regulatory body. And then there is also insurance and whatever else. Yeah. Total simple question. Yeah. <laughs> Might be too simple, but if I give my client now this exchange, do I just give him an EBAN number? And like, like a normal bank account has an EBAN and then they can transfer the money? Or is it for my client complicated to pay to the exchange? So it depends on what service your client also uses. There needs to be some consensus reached on well, what they are using to send money to you. There are some exchanges that offer services where if the two people who want to send each other money are on that same exchange, then it's very easy. You just have to give them the number, that exact number, either in a fiat currency. So in this case, it would be Euro or whatever currency you want to be paid and you can say, well, You know, there's so many ways at 12 p.m. GMT, whatever the rate is for this amount of um, of XRP, that's what I want to get paid. Yeah, but no, the question is if they are not an exchange. Right, okay. How do they pay me on this exchange? Do I have something like a normal bank account there? Or like in, in Germany, it would be, an, or in Europe, it's an IBAN number, oh, which okay. actually makes my bank account worldwide unique. Right. So, because 
the question is how do I get my client to use an exchange or just send it to to kind some, of a bank? Right, that makes sense. So there are some services and this part of the crypto industry is still building up where if your client doesn't want to um, get on an exchange, they can send money to a bank account of the exchange and it'll just get sent to you. Um, and the reason why it's still under development is because there isn't mass usage yet. Like in the crypto industry, people are still warming up to trusting being paid in crypto. But it is possible for your client to pay you without ever having to um, create an account on a crypto exchange if they want to stay away from it. The service, however, is still under development. Yeah, that's. And if I want to have get some money out, if I have it now on the exchange, mm -hmm. and now I have to pay bills in Canada. Right. So I'm still having to transfer it into Canadian dollar because electricity, internet, and apps those just don't accept cryptocurrency yet. Right. So I would have still have to transfer to in Canadian dollar. Right. What is do I'm still losing money on fees or an exchange rate or a percentage? Um, if you're still losing money on fees or exchange rate, correct? So there is two ways to go about that. One is depending on the cryptocurrency exchange you use, they already have some Visa debit cards that you can use just to use the, again, the exchange have that act as your bank. So you can pay your bills using that particular card number. But if you wanted cold hard cash to be transferred to um, your Canadian bank account, then yes, you would have to um, find the, well, pay some fees to get that exchanged from whatever cryptocurrency you have on the exchange to Canadian dollars. But I would argue that depending on how much it currently costs you to have money sent from the euro, the client in euro, and have that deposited into your Canadian bank account, the fee to get that deposited, as well as whatever fee the bank charges to make that conversion between euro and Canadian dollar, uh, there is a way that you could possibly save on that transaction fee if you were to do it by a crypto. And the other part is that even besides the fees, you just get access to your money faster if it was done via crypto. Although, if I'm thinking about just uh, trying to understand it, if, if I get my money paid in euro on the exchange, so it still stays on the exchange, means it's euro. Mm -hmm. And from there, easily without a lot of fees and everything, I could invested instead of having a saving account, I could invest it in two, three different cryptocurrencies and making money on top of this one. If it goes up, if I choose smart, uh, and then by re-changing from this part to Canadian dollar, yes, I'm losing some 2%, but hopefully I have made 10, 20% already upfront. So actually I would save money. Yes, a hundred percent. And well, it's so awesome that you brought up this point because like we've alluded to so much in this conversation, these exchanges act as crypto banks. And what that means is the services that are available to you via normal banks are available to you on these exchanges as well. So very rightly, as you said, you can loan out some amount of the cryptocurrency that you have stored on your exchange and you can get really, really good returns on it as well, way more than you would in your savings account. 
Um, and again, like you said, depending on when you decide to withdraw your money into your Canadian bank account, you could have made enough interest by just loaning your money on the app that the the exchange rate between changing it from a cryptocurrency to Canadian dollar is very minimal compared to how much interest you would have gotten on your money. Makes from right just from a business perspective, <laughs> and that goes more into detail. If I'm getting currently, if I'm paid in euros for the tax, they look actually exactly ex exchange rate when not the day when it was paid, but when it was transferred into Canadian dollar. That could be different. Yeah. So my invoice is in euros. So somehow I only can pay my tax in Canadian dollars or at one point taxes transferring this into Canadian dollar. Mm -hmm. Now with the bank account, if I don't transfer it immediately and not exactly the invoice amount, it gets already complicated for the tax. Right. Now, this would be a little bit more complicated if I have it in a cryptocurrency <laughs> right. and have to say like, what well, is it currently in Canadian dollar? Right. So I guess this is a really empty space right now where it gets hard with tax advisors and actually fill your yearly tax in. Somehow you have to put a value on it and exchange it. Right. And you have to pay tax on the interest rate. Right. Really glad you brought that point up. Yes. The crypto tax space, depending on what jurisdiction you're in, is is very different. But there's two two things to that. One is there are applications out there that are built to help you with your crypto taxes. And we had to do taxes, Keegan and I had to do taxes this year and we used it. And there was a bit of a learning curve, but once you pass that, there's a lot of support, a lot of help. It's easy to get done once you commit to doing it. So that's number one. The second thing is all of these exchanges, you make it very easy for you to download your transaction history. And that's extremely important for tax purposes again, because it records at what point you sold, at what price you sold, at what price you bought. And then from that, calculating your gain or your loss, is it makes it very simple. So I think the biggest barrier in the tax industry for crypto right now is there's different regulations based on where you are in the world. Um, and, but then the second thing is how do you accumulate? No, how do you get all of these different transactions from this exchange? How do you import them or export them and then put them in this other crypto tax app? That is a little bit of work, but it is possible. Yeah, will be interesting to build some stuff to make it easier to import. Oh yes, 100%. Yes. Like so many startups are working on this right now because it is a real problem. Yeah. And any crypto user have, faces this problem and also because some of the rules around taxes you have to um, record each and every transaction at the price that it was made in the government dollars in the fiat currency yeah. so that's like three levels of complication yeah that's what you if you try to do it you, what you also have to be willing to go <laughs> with the pain to actually do but it's still it saves if this transaction fees and the transaction percentage you pay with the bank could be cut down, we are talking about a lot of money yeah. uh, which you could save actually and maybe even increase your own savings you have for your corporation or privately. Yeah. 
Yep, 100%. Um, and one thing that I wanted to point out is the like you only have to pay taxes when you withdraw out of crypto into your fiat dollar, so yep. fiat money. So, I mean, if you just kept it all in crypto and then used a card to swipe from that, then you would just be using your money as a bank account. Um, Still, your invoice has to be taxed. So you have to calculate yeah. your invoice you're writing somehow in Canadian dollar. That's true. So and they have to use some exchange on this one, which makes it really complicated. Yeah. Uh, but I like to challenge them anyway. <laughs> That's true. And well, once you figure out your rhythm, um, like once you figure out, okay, I need to do this, 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 and then I have my money right away. Um, and if that works for you faster than your current solution, then you're going to want to stick to it. Are there already some Canadian corporation or someone who have use cases who have built to see to be paid like this one or where someone can learn from or is there a use case to build um, to send to say so like, hey, we did it. It's successful. You can do it. You can do it to so just get the space bigger and more people doing it? Well, there are Canadian corporations that are doing it. I just don't think that they are advertising that they're doing it. So a lot of cryptocurrency companies just say, well, we're going to pay your salary in crypto. And um, the employees of this company are like, oh, that that's awesome because I get my money faster and then I can do whatever I want with it as well. So it is, um, if you're an employee at one of these companies, then you want it, it's part of your perks. With respect to a company that isn't in crypto, it's not as widely adopted yet because of the learning curve. Yeah, yeah. and like you said, um, when you were in Germany, it wasn't some it wasn't something that you needed to do. But because you moved to Canada, you realized, okay, well, fees, I want to save on those and time. I don't really want to wait so long to get paid. Yeah. So what is the alternative? And th these problems don't simply exist for you. They exist for a lot of people, but because there isn't enough trust built in the cryptocurrency industry, no one's looking to change to a better alternative. Yeah. Um, and that's what we're doing. So <laughs> yeah, that's what I like. I really like to uh, be able to set it up and be able to gain the mm -hmm. profit out of it, even if it's just saving yeah. already on fees and transaction costs, that will be already a win-win. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. For both sides. Yeah. Um, I remembered my golden question that I had uh, from a minute ago before you start asking me questions. So you've lived through the time when the internet was not a thing, was yeah. not massively adopted. What is your experience with respect to the similarities of the internet being adopted and crypto being adopted? Uh, there's a good, uh, even like when I started business, like internet was really like when it started was modem speed. Yeah, like we had to dial in and yeah, it's really, really low bandwidth. So you needed to know what you're doing. Yeah. And it was really expensive. It's the same thing was with, with cell phones. Yeah. If you think back at this time, there was no cell phone. When I started, the first computer I had to use professionally has 4 MB RAM. <laughs> 4 MB. Right. And it had, I think, I don't know, like 20... 50 MB hard disk space, that wow. was it. 
uh, even at university, being a physics engineer by training, uh, the professor was using those PCs. We learned actually the big machines where you had in cards holes and you had to program like this, like you need to know what you're doing. Then quickly in, it increased. Yeah. So then you had like suddenly 32 MB RAM, 128, but it was still we count on MB level. Right. And modem speeds and ESDN, it got quickly speed up. Yeah. Now, if I think about cryptocurrency or blockchain, let's talk about blockchain itself. I would compare it with, uh, we think back when the smart, when the cell phone came out, with the cell, first cell phones, like uh, with the flip phone, came yeah. out of Star Trek, yeah, to yeah. use it this way. Uh, the first ones, you couldn't really even write an SMS. You could make a phone call right. if you were in the reach of an antenna. And right. there wasn't the, the network wasn't there almost. So most of the time, even in Germany, you had like holes where you couldn't really use your cell phone. And we are at this stage, in my opinion, with blockchain and cryptocurrency, we are in the stage like, hey, a few people have cell phones and they try to talk to each other and try to use it. And then we are far, far away from using a smartphone, where a smartphone today <laughs> has more power than all the PCs back then. Oh, yeah, combined. Oh, my gosh. Just for reference, um, he, Norbert was referencing 4 MB, and that is the amount of space that, you know, a not very good quality picture takes on your computer. Yes. And you were talking about 50 megabytes, which is, I guess, 10 of those pictures. Yes. Um, or I, I don't know, how, do you think a song would take up 50 MB space? Uh, yeah, a song depends on the, the compression rate yeah, that's yeah, true. you have, but a song normally you would have like four or five songs in a good quality maybe on 50 MB, that's it. And if you think your smartphone yeah. now has 32 gigabyte oh, at yeah. least or more RAM even, so all smartphones have more power than a few years back our PCs would have. Absolutely. So that's uh, really interesting to see how it's changed and how far. And the first cell phone I had to use professionally uh, was built in a car. You could take it out. It was portable, but it was <laughs> seven kilogram. <laughs> It was wow. huge. It was this big box and right. you could take it out of the car because they weren't built in. But if you want to carry it, it was seven kilograms. You were carried. Uh, so from all of these references that you're you're giving me, um, I'm, I'm kind of piecing together that it was expensive to invest yes. and you really needed it or really needed to know what you're doing with it. Yeah. And bringing forth those similarities with crypto, Yes, it can be expensive to use if you don't know what you're doing. Yes. Um, and then the second point is you need to know what you're doing. So one, it's not expensive. Um, and also you don't lose. Well, I guess it's not expensive. You don't lose money with it. So. But it's also if you early adapt into it. Yeah. And we are still early adopters. A lot of people think like, oh, it's anyway too late. If I look at Bitcoin, yeah, I should have done it back so in those days. <laughs> yeah. And I just uh, watched some uh, training courses and like, yeah, if you think about in the back of the days, if you were mining, like you got 50 Bitcoins after 10 minutes with your normal PC. Yeah. If you would have 50 Bitcoins today, that would be worthwhile a lot of money. Yes. 
uh, in 10 minutes or you would stop after 10 minutes and just leave them lying around for many years. Yeah. But yes, that was really early. And so just a few people, like always, a few people, if they're early adapter, made it. Right now, it's still this cryptocurrency, this blockchain, it's a st still a technology to go into, to invest into it. For me personally, Bitcoin is like I would buy gold or Bitcoin. That's my decision. Like, do I buy gold today or do I buy Bitcoin? So that's an investment. Oh, which one would you choose? Gold. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. Fair. Mm -hmm. Well, Bitcoin is dubbed as digital gold. So what makes you decide to go with physical gold as opposed to digital gold? Because I can touch it. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. like it's, but it's, I'm in this Fair. age group, yeah, so I'm, I'm having gold and <laughs> yeah. it's, you know, it's in the bank, in the savings. So if you want to look at it, you could somehow, but it's also, so when I was born, um, at this time, parents were every year giving you like one, like a little bit mm -hmm. once or something like that. And you accumulate it over your whole time. Yeah. yeah. So that's much, it's a different, it's. Probably it's just like looking back and be romantic or something about that. Mm -hmm. But in the end, it's exactly the same. Digital yeah. gold or gold. Yeah. yeah. And currently, I guess, just everybody's waiting that Bitcoin goes down a little bit again. <laughs> and maybe then invest into the gold. Yeah, well, the thing about Bitcoin going down or up is in a couple of years' time, it probably is, is not going to matter. Yeah. Because right now, Bitcoin is around 15,000 Canadian dollars. And looking back 10 years ago, it was worth nothing it started with no value attached yeah. to it and just thinking ahead five years uh, ahead of time and 10 years ahead of time this technology is not going to cease to exist it yeah. just isn't yeah. and even if one might feel like oh i should have invested five years ago when it was this much you might say that again in five years saying oh i should have invested yeah. when it was around fifty thousand canadian yeah and I guess it's only, uh, and that's, if you're not into the cryptocurrency space, you always think about to invest like in one coin, like one full thing. Mm -hmm. And it's just getting this understanding that you don't have to do it, that you don't have to buy one Bitcoin. Mm -hmm. that you yes, you can buy like 0, 0.00 something Bitcoin. Yep. It's like start, hey, I want to start with 500 bucks to invest in Bitcoin. Yeah. And maybe if it's uh, getting more and more, I can reinvest into it. And well, that like every two months I'm buying for two hundred dollars yeah. Bitcoin to to stretch my risk and to look into those things. It's just I guess the hurdle to start setting it up to have the account where you can buy it actually and all those things, which is still. You have to find the right wallet. You have to find the right exchange. You, you have to find someone you trust to tell you to do this and explain you how to do it. And you have to keep your Bitcoin safe once you acquire it. Because like you said, when you buy gold, it's something physical and you can store it in a safe. You, some very specific safety practices must be used yes. with Bitcoin as well. And um, I wanted to uh, just go back to the point where you said that when you were growing up, that you, uh, people would give you a little bit of gold for your birthday or some yeah. celebration. Well, looking at the value of gold right now, uh, how much has it, um, how much value has it gained over, I guess, your oh, lifetime? Probably tripled at okay. this time. Yeah. Yeah. So gold is also something that the value of which is not going to drop to zero. No. 
involved. Yeah. And it's interesting to see that that could be like in the future something that's like, hey, I set something up for my kids if they're born and every year I do a little bit, so I don't really mind. Yeah. But it's worthwhile at this specific point. And yeah. it's not like gambling, it's just like kind of investment but on a small scale, like invest a little bit into it. And then just let it let Keep, it let it appreciate in value. Yeah. Yeah, it's awesome. Just recently, uh, Keegan wrote an article on the older generation trusts and invests in gold, while the younger generation trusts and invests in Bitcoin. Yeah. And maybe because the generation that I guess came after me, or even my generation, we were, the internet was part of our lives. While as you grew and you learned how to use the internet as like in the middle of your life, I guess, yeah. or early for the age part of your life. So it's a very interesting paradigm how both our generations trust investing in gold, except mine is digital and yours is physical. Yeah. No. It's pretty awesome. Yeah. Um, did you have any last few questions or something that you wanted to say? No, just like the most important part is uh, how to actually get better into it, what wallet to use and all those things. But I will follow with you guys. So. That's fantastic. Yes, that's what we're for. And we teach people the safekeeping of Bitcoin. Yes. If you have any questions on, hey, like I don't want to use so many wallets for so many of my cryptocurrencies, what can I do? Then we can help guide you so that yeah. you don't have to manage all of that. Yeah. Um, and that's what we're here for. Well, yeah. Norbert, thank you so much for your time and being on this series of simple questions smart people answer. Sorry, smart, smart people ask. This, was, this turned out to be a fantastic conversation about money and technology and crypto and gold. And um, I look forward to speaking with you again after Me maybe too. a couple of years yeah. where you might have bought some Bitcoin as well yeah. as you Maybe. Not investment advice. Anyway, thank Okay, you. thank you. Stay tuned, everyone. Hey everyone, before you go, I wanted to correct something that I said at minute 23, 40 seconds of this particular episode. It was, you only have to pay taxes when you withdraw out of crypto into fiat money. Now that is only half true because depending on where you are in the world, crypto transactions are reported differently. In Canada, all crypto transactions are taxable events. At GoFull Crypto, it's really important to us that we bring to you factually correct information. So this is us fact-checking ourselves. If you're enjoying our content, don't forget to tell your friends and colleagues about it so they can hear from us too. And lastly, don't forget to leave us a review so that more people can find us on your favorite podcast listening application. Talk to you next time and stay tuned.